Hi there, and welcome to the Creative Endeavor podcast. This is a podcast bringing you inspiring stories from creative professionals from around the world. And I think at this time in the world right now, if you don't mind me saying, we could use some inspiring stories, something to lift us out of whatever's going on, take our minds off the current situation, and get us focused on our creativity. So it's my hope with this podcast that we can do just that. So I got a great guest lined up for you today. I'm talking to Sam Lewis, aka Slu, who's a fantastic young artist based in Massachusetts. And he's got some great work, but also a cracking YouTube channel. Now, I first found out about Sam through his YouTube channel a little while ago when he had a little over 40,000 subscribers. I was watching some of his things at that point, and I was thinking, man, you know what? This guy is someone to watch. I checked back in a couple of months later, and he's got over 130,000 subs, and he's still going strong. His videos are slick. He's got a really positive message. He is just full of energy, and I'm just loving the vibes that he's bringing to the YouTube platform. Now, Sam's work is inspired by street art. It's got a really graphic style to it, and he's just churning out some really fantastic art at a high clip. And again, he's just got such a positive energy to him. And that's why I wanted to talk to him, because I think it's energy right now that the world needs. While everything is shutting down around us, while everything seems like it's coming to an end, there are some people out there that are continuing to strive on and continuing to produce in the face of adversity. It was a real treat to talk to Sam. I wanted to ask all about how he got his start as an artist and what lies ahead in his future when it comes to producing digital content. This was a great conversation. I certainly got a lot out of it and I thoroughly enjoyed it and I hope you will too. So without further ado, here's Sam Lewis, AKA SLU in the creative endeavor. Well, Sam Lewis, a.k.a. SLU, it is an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. Welcome to The Creative Endeavor. Thank you. It is quite a treat for me um, to talk to you. I'm excited. Awesome. Me too. Me too. Let's kick things off. This is the way I really love kicking things off because this gives everybody a chance really to get to know you and hear about where you started. So how did this creative journey kick off for you? Where, where, where are your beginnings? Oh, good question. Um, I think... The beginnings for me started with graffiti um, and spray painting and actually YouTube. Like I, I live in like a suburban area, grew up there. So I didn't, I wasn't in like a city where I could see graffiti, but on YouTube, I love graffiti. I love spray paint. So that was kind of like my first, you know, the origin story of using paint or artistic endeavors. Like I was a creative kid, I guess, Legos. I took apart Nerf guns, but in terms of the more fine art stuff, it was definitely graffiti and falling in love with kind of graffiti characters. Um, and that's where it really all began for me. So graffiti. So let's mm -hmm. let, let me let me get this straight. I mean, I know there's like a real slick kind of graphic style that people are, you know, and a lot of spray paint artists have. And I, I of course, everybody's an artist in their own right. And they've created these, you know, interesting works. But how mm -hmm. are you? 
they're, they're almost, I'll put it this way, and I'm trying hard to pose this question so I don't offend you, but when I hear the word graffiti, I, I, the old man in me comes out. I start shaking my fist and I'm like, oh, you youngsters, you know, go back to yeah. school. Um, so right. are you finding walls and stuff to paint on or now I, I guess it would take the form of, of mural work? I mean, so what, what, what's it, what form is that coming in now? So yeah, I don't do graffiti basically at all anymore. This was like the like when I was 16, 17. It was kind of like the first like like you said the illustrative pop style. It got me enamored with it and that's what made me try it and then that slowly went to canvas work and then naturalistic painting. But so I never did really well, I got actually arrested when I was 18 for doing graffiti, but that was like one of maybe three times I actually did it illegally vandalizing which was hilarious that's a funny story maybe for later but so i really never partook in it you know i practiced like in my garage i spray painted i wrote my name and the letters slew but it really um shifted towards graffiti characters and doing murals like you said so large scale characters fantastical things um with spray paint um and yeah when i was that age, 18, 19, like that's all I wanted to do, huge murals. Um, and I did that for a while. That's actually like the beginning of my YouTube channel was all murals at my local skate park where you had open legal walls. But um, it slowly transitioned into other things and then other things, you know, doors open. I got a little older. I went to an art school. So there's the answer for it. Yeah, so I was never doing illegal stuff per se <laughs> i know it's like that it's just like the you know the lifestyle not the lifestyle yeah. the uh the the graphic imaging and the yeah just that style of painting i just loved it that's cool man like i i i guess yeah i, I i'm sure myself and, and a lot of other people and it is it, maybe it's ignorance to it to a large extent that we that triggers something in us when we hear the word graffiti we <clears throat> automatically equate it to uh to vandalism of some type but you you've taken this thing you've run with it now and now i, I can hear that there's more and more places i mean we've got places opening up here in the town where i live where mural art and graffiti style art is becoming more um, acceptable things are going to happen as a result of that. You know, we're going to see a lot more color on a lot of the blank walls, which is totally awesome. So sure, yeah. for, for, for the people out there that, that would be listening to this, um, maybe we could kick things off here with hearing a bit about, because I've always wanted to know as well, how do you go about painting something that large? And, and what, do you, what are you painting it with? I mean, I know spray cans would be a huge part of it, but maybe give yep. us a run through of, of, of how you would produce one of your mural works. Totally, yeah. Um, spray paint is the, the pretty much the only thing. I mean, I'll use a big acrylic brush or some outdoor exterior um, latex paint, but spray paint, um, for most of professional street art murals is the thing to do. And it's, it's quite, um, they're quite amazing, especially the artist specific cans that are for these murals. It's, it's really like having an airbrush in your hand. They're extremely precise. If you've never used one or people listening, um, they have different caps. You can do fat and thin lines. So it's very versatile, actually different pressures. Um, so yeah, for large scale, I think it's the same you know, kind of approach that I would do a painting, especially if it's so big, it's hard to get very far back. So you maybe mm -hmm. could use a grid. You could do a doodle grid, which is kind of the same idea, except using your phone, you take a picture. But a lot of times I will just use a simple grid for those bigger pieces. Um, 
or just, you know, try to free ball it. You know, you got to square, you give yourself the, the borders and um, things like that. So pretty similar, you know, in, in terms of my experience, it's quite similar than how I would set up maybe a portrait or, you know, some sort of composition like that. Awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah. So, so let, let's, let's go back. I'll, I'll, let's, I want to dive a little bit deeper into the story. When you let's were, do it. When you were, so when you were younger and, and um, you're pretty young now, if you don't mind me asking, how, how old are you now? I'm 24. I actually turned 25 this coming Saturday. So, oh, happy birthday. Coming up. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So, so your art journey, when did you first kind of discover that you were, you were interested in art and this was something that was really calling you? So it had to be probably my, well, it's, it's, there's different kind of like peaks and valleys. Um, probably junior year of high school. I was actually at boarding school that summer. I did the whole graffiti thing and I had a great space above my older house, above my garage where my mom let me spray paint. And so I really, that whole summer got really into it, watched a bunch of videos. I mean, I was filming myself back then. So I got really into it and actually going into my senior year of high school, boarding school, where I sleep away at school, I actually got an independent study approved for um, a, a class on graffiti, like the evolution of graffiti, how it's like a youth movement, pop culture. Um, and they let me spray paint on campus, which was kind of absurd because it was very preppy, jacket tie every day type of school so after that year it was like very part of my life and I was going off to college but I I maintained it and even evolved it and kept kept going so that was that was a huge year and especially that independent study at that school it was like a turning point you know it really changed the trajectory of where I was going because of that experience I think Wow, independent study—that that's not something yeah. I, we really hear much of amongst mm. school programs nowadays. You know, and, yeah. and it's not art is certainly not something that's really. Well, I don't. Maybe it's my ignorance uh, coming through again, but I I wasn't really aware of a lot of uh, people that would be encouraging of anything creative because yeah. they would want to know, hey, this is going to lead to a job or this or a uh -huh. that. You're gonna you're yeah. gonna become something. So, <clears throat> so you had that support early on. And, and yeah. were you thinking, I mean, I, 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 this is now a business for you, like making art, making videos, selling paintings. Yes. Um, yes. Did you have any kind of indication early on that this was something that you wanted to devote your life to? No, it wasn't, especially not during those, that high school independent year. It was just, it was certainly an intense hobby and passion. Like I was very into it. Um, and I, I was so lucky to have that support and get the study approved, but, you know, I don't think I would have gotten it if I didn't show my serious interest. And, you know, it was kind of, you know, that whole, the origins of my interest in painting and graffiti was like kind of by me, for me. No one told me, no one showed me my mom, you know, it's like I discovered it for me. So that passion was kind of very, you know, it was very intense for me. It was personal in what, whatever way, but no, from that point, that young, I didn't at all. What I did do, though, which is my business now, is um, document, film my stuff. So even back there, 16, 17, I was doing time lapses of every piece, everything I did, wow. I filmed. And so that's kind of the the consistency and, you know, raising that bar of documentation, cinematography um, of what I'm doing now. So that's kind of a common thread, you could say. Yeah. 
so it's it, it's interesting, Sam, because I've I've been following you on YouTube now for a little while, and I first came across your YouTube channel um, a few months ago, and I watched one of your videos, and you know you were you were painting some fine art. I think you were even doing a mural in your studio or something, and I was watching you, and I just appreciated so much like how well done the video was, but the energy that you brought to it as well. Like you're really funny. You're really, really fun to watch. You brought this humor to it and an energy to it. And I was looking at your subscriber count at the time. And it was like 50 to 60,000. And I was saying to my wife, like, you know, she was wondering what I was, what I was laughing about. And, and I just said, this guy is really good and he's awesome to watch. I, I think this guy's going to be one to watch. Definitely. I checked back in a few months, you know, down the track, you've gone from like 50 to 60 or whatever it was to over 130,000. Amazing growth in just a short period of time. And I think like you're, there's no reason that's, that's going to stop. I think it'll keep going and going and going for you. Can you tell me a little bit about your YouTube journey so far and maybe where the channel started for you? Because um, it's always interesting to hear about other YouTubers as well. Like uh, it's, it's interesting to hear about their trajectory and their story about how that started. And maybe how does your YouTube channel as well, if you can add this in, uh, how does it factor in and, and feel or supplement your, your artistic journey? Mm, great question. And yeah, um, YouTube is like, I would be lying if I would say, if I didn't say that YouTube was like my whole life before the whole art, before painting, I had several YouTube channels, video games, skateboarding, fingerboarding, like you name it when I was super young. Um, and also I never really watched Netflix or anything like that. I, I love movies. I'm a movie buff, but just a mass intake of YouTube videos, religiously subscribed people for you know, dozens of years. So YouTube has been my life. I like to say, my mom hates when I say it, but I like to say YouTube raised me, which is a terrible thing. But um, yeah, so I, like I said, I was filming and documenting those, um, like the graffiti independent study I had, and I was uploading them to YouTube, but just very periodically, just because I just love putting it up. And it wasn't something serious. After I built my studio, I renovated this space where I work now four years ago, with my best friend who was a musician, that was kind of like I was doing art on the side and that was like, all right, I'm going to take art way ser more serious. Like I was taking documenting videography more serious. And so we both decided to put a bunch of money together to make this creative space um, with the intention to, you know, continue the YouTube channel I had wasn't really taken super seriously, but that was certainly the intention. And so that happened and it was three years um, throughout that time. I I left a school. I went to a art school in New York City. I left that school again. I went to an atelier for a year. Um, and so the the passion for art kept going higher and I was using this space and I was documenting everything from that point, um, all my work and uploading to YouTube, but it really didn't pick up. There wasn't much response. I think in three and a half years of doing it pretty much like a part-time job, I had maybe 12,000 subscribers. And this was just last summer. And then in August of this past summer, you know, a few of the videos went mini, you know, viral within the art community, I guess you can say, and it brought in maybe 60,000 subscribers, which was, you know, unbelievable. And then a few videos in the last month have done really well. But, you know, um, it was always a, a pipe dream of mine to be a YouTuber, to be a content creator, to make money through doing 
quite literally the thing I love most. I mean, I love, absolutely love painting and I will for the rest of my life, but you know, making videos and editing and having that kind of directorial freedom. Um, it's, it's, it was a dream without doubt. And you know, it's funny cause I left all these schools. I never graduated. I'm, I, I've been living at home with my mom and I've just been telling her for the past three years, mom, like I could do this. Like, this is, this is a thing. Like you can make money. It's kind of lucrative. Like I think I'm really good at it. And I've been so lucky that she's given me this support and, um, you know, time to do it. So when I first got my first check from YouTube and after this past summer, when things really started picking up, it was great affirmation, honestly, for me. And just like a kind of a, you know, relief to, because, you know, I, I, and honestly, I thought it would happen sooner. I don't want to sound pompous or cocky, but, you know, I put so much time into making the videos and effort and consistency over like three plus years. So I thought that I would be getting more success, but it was kind of just like, you know, flatline and then boom. So it happened. I was super happy and I'm just trying to, and I am doing it full time now and I'm just trying to, you know, keep on doing what I'm doing, doing what I love, bigger scale, higher quality. That's awesome, dude. That's that's so cool to hear. I, I'm glad I'm glad that it's it's picking up for you as well, and that it's it's starting to pay off. Um, I I think you know it's interesting when it comes to the world, the online world, and I've I've had a bit of this in my journey as well. There was this um this feeling like when I first was posting on Facebook and Instagram, mm. and then eventually YouTube, I, I had this thought in the back of my mind. It's like, okay, I put the content out there. Why isn't it viral yet? Right. And, and almost a secret hope that I would be or have one of these things that just blew up and exploded. And I have had that over a couple of uh, in a couple of cases. But it's mm -hmm. it's interesting, like how random it is and how organic it is at, at times yeah. as well. It's it you know, it, it's either one thing or another, but it's it's never something you can really rely on. But from what you're saying, and I think especially today in today's day and age. I mean, look, I, I think we've got to be aware and maybe just acknowledge what's happening in the world as people are collectively losing their minds. But as artists, <laughs> I think that this is a really good reminder as well to have as many irons in the fire as possible. Mm -hmm. I would agree. Yeah. And I think that's exactly it. And I, you know, now as a full-time artist, I, I do have several different revenue streams, not just the, the, the YouTube and the videography, but, um, I think that's completely right. And it's, it's interesting what you said before. I didn't really answer, which I would actually love to talk about. And I've heard you talk to all the other artists on your podcast, which it. is yeah. such an interesting conversation is like kind of, um, losing yourself, I guess, in the social media, looking for the views, you know, compromising your oh, yeah. work and what you want to do for the views and stuff. And I have, I think it's kind of like a balanced thing. And I have things to say on both sides on the positive side. We'll start with, I think that if I didn't have my obsession with YouTube and documenting, I would never sit down for as many hours as I have and paint and do the projects. You know, it's almost like an extreme catalyst to, to make stuff, to draw, to paint. So it's, it is an extreme, you know, motivator to make art in that very general broad sense. And then kind of towards the other side, it's okay. Now I get, I feel guilty when I'm not filming. If I'm sketching, I can't sketch now without filming, you know, I can't do anything without, you know, capturing it or thinking about what the video is going to be. So it, it's like this very push and pull yin yang thing. But I think both, 
um, are equally true. And I've thought about that so much. Um, and especially now when, with me having more success, it's like, I, I want the views, right? Obviously I'm a business. I, if I'm taking myself as a business in the pie chart, I'm, I love to paint. I want to make money. You know, I want to be entertaining. I want to make the videos I want to make, but it's, it's kind of a, just like you said, it's a very fickle push and pull, um, kind of balance between all that, um, you know, all that red tape of being a digital creator, you know? So, so how about, so you mentioned there that, you know, you, what, what, how, how about the negative side then? I mean, I, I can hear that it's a push mm. and pull and I, I, um, and, and I don't want to dwell too much in the negative, of course, we, we have enough right. of that going on, but, um, of course. I, I, I think that, you know, just to echo some of what you're saying, I found the, the, the online and the connectivity of it to be incredibly beneficial, but you do, mm. You do have a tendency, uh, and I say you as in terms of the universal you, as we all as creatives, yep. I guess, um, have the tendency to lose ourselves with this over, um, you know, emphasis on likes, numbers, views, shares, and all of the analytics and the metrics of it. It's like, how many people like mm -hmm. my post? How many people commented on my post? How do you avoid losing yourself in that and getting caught up in the minutia of social media? Totally. I think... Um... You know, I honestly think that you should never fully get lost from it. Like, you don't want to be lost in it, but you should never push it away like it doesn't exist. You know, for, and I can only really speak for me um, as a creator, as, like I said, this is a business. So I, I am looking at the numbers. I want to know the numbers. I want to dive into the analytics so I can make my digital content as successful as possible to reach as many people. And that's just like the kind of, you know, unemotional business side, which I think you, you kind of need to have, especially if you want to be successful on these social platforms. But in terms of it affecting what you make, or if you're just hyper aware of that, you're looking every second, you know, that's terrible. I don't know any techniques, you know, to, 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 you know, to relieve that. But, you know, for me, certainly when I had that pop of, extreme views that I was always thinking about. I was so amazed, the numbers, the money, it wasn't a, a lot of money, but it was certainly more than I ever thought I'd be making through making videos. But it's just a balance and it's hard. It, it's, it's addictive. It's especially, I mean, you're from a different generation, obviously, but like for, I feel like me and my friends, even younger, it's like this innate, you know, desire now to see how many likes and it, there's so much affirmation behind it, which is just so insane and um, pretty unnatural. But it, it really is, especially, I think, for my generation, just like, you know, exposure, status and exposure through numbers. Um, and it's, yeah, it's not, not good. But again, for the business side, I think it's completely necessary. Um, and I'm certainly always looking at analytics, but not because I get affirmation from it. Um, but because, you know, I'm trying to be business savvy on that side. Yeah, I, I can hear, I totally hear you. I'll try not to take your, your comment that I'm from another generation personally, by the way, uh, watch that. Um, but <laughs> we'll <edit> that <laughs> no, look, I, I could, I could totally hear here, you know, you, you've got a level head about this. Um, and, and that's really good. I, I think, um, my, Absolutely. My comment probably reveals a, a bit more about my own uh, personal um, 
reservations and hang-ups about the medium. You know, I, I'm amazed that today, and I have said on several occasions on this podcast, as many people will be sick of me saying it now, uh, but there has never been a better time to be an artist. There's never been a you know oh, better time gosh. to get creative. Um, no. It's it's the overemphasis in terms of a self validation. I think that we, mm -hmm. or, or you know, the validation that comes from the numbers and all of that. I think if we put our focus there and say, I mean something, I'm worth something because of these numbers, then I think that that can be dangerous. I, but but I, I totally take your point from the business side of things, and I I have to watch the numbers as well. I have to see the effectiveness, sure. gauge the effectiveness, and it also does change my, in a real way, it does change my behavior within my mm. business. Um, it it, it mm. changes the kinds of things that I do and, and how I do them. I found it to be overall a net positive uh, than anything right. else. But like anything with life, I guess, you, you, you take the, the good with the bad, right? Sure. I mean, and it, I mean, if this is the business, if this is what the day and age is, you know, you should be moving with the ebbs and flows of how it works. You know, I mean, don't let it compromise. I'm sure you would never let that happen or general the general you but um you know i think that's important that's like a kind of a strategy if you're kind of stuck in your ways especially with this crazy internet time everything's changing trends change or even the minute like you should be open and um you know able to able to mold and mend around i think it's important but let you, and yeah something else i wanted to touch on that you said is that there there really isn't a, a better time to be an artist uh, and more specifically i think for more my situation is learning art and you know being a practitioner as a young artist the internet is a crazy place with so much not only free content but high quality content like you know i've seen every one of your videos a, a masterful weathered artist who's giving us incredible insights and techniques with high quality, but also sharing your passion, you know, not just you, Cesar Santos, I don't want to smoke your salmon too much here, Andrew, but, um, you know, they're, they're James Gurney, Stan Prokopenko, like these unbelievable craftsmen in, in, in the realm of fine arts. I'm talking about fine arts specifically, but you could find any genre of any professional on YouTube. It's amazing. And, and how much I've learned from your videos, other guys I mentioned is just really insane and people ask me honestly which is you know people ask me for art tips advice i think my channel my my viewership it tends to the 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 real beginner you know the oh i really like art i want to start you know they haven't even started so they're looking for tips or advice into the world and they're looking for books and they're looking for advice and it, i just kind of say the same thing i said there's unlimited free amazing content online that if you could just learn how to mimic and copy and just you know get a sketch pad out while uh, the screen is playing not all the time but it's really it's really something else and besides the year i went to an atelier to study painting kind of full-on very intensely i i really considered myself a self-taught artist and just by just by watching videos i think i'm really good at you know practicing what I see. And like I said, I've absorbed so many videos. Um, you know, it's really funny. Actually, I, I, I didn't start oil painting until the end of 2018. My first oil painting class, first oil painting I ever did was at the Atelier in October of 2018. But my knowledge of the language of oil painting, how many videos I watched for a year plus absorbing all of it, it's like I was so high on the knowledge of the nomenclature of even, 
you know, the color theory, whatever you want to say, how to mix the paint, the mediums, you know, it, it was so high. I just had never actually done it. So it's like I could understand Spanish, but I couldn't speak it at all, if you know what I mean. And so that gave me a huge advantage, I think. And then from the moment I, I started oil painting, granted, it was in a great school. It was very intense and I was extremely focused. I think it perpetuated my growth. And um, it's just not something to take for granted. I mean, you make videos every week. All these artists make every and it's just it's really amazing. I'm so grateful. And, you know, I take so much away from it. But I think that's an, uh, an amazing resource for people um, if they really are just to get pumped about the amazing quality and content there is from you wonderful people uh, stop you i think you're being a bit nice uh but but i i do appreciate that sam i do appreciate that very much for real i wasn't i wasn't for fishing real. bro i promise um yeah <laughs> I, I like that as well i don't want to smoke your salmon but <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, i'm sure but, i'll be doing some more of that <laughs> um but but i i am i'm gonna pull you up again just with a warning uh so first i've got them from a different generation and then i think you just called me weathered Okay, you get one more. And then Wise I, experience. I yeah, yeah, like yeah. Then I, then I hang so up on fun. you. <laughs> although, <laughs> although I, I will say I've got a couple of gray hairs starting to emerge out of my mustache, and uh, I'm a little worried now. Yeah. Um, no, look, I, that, that's it's wonderful, and me too. You know, I mean, with, with art, but also uh, with um, all sorts of other things. You know, gardening and yeah. and and oh. you know some survival stuff and other educational stuff current events stuff i mean it's amazing that, that and it's almost a no-brainer that you know people can jump on now to youtube and sure. do a deep yeah. dive into something that they're really really interested in and i think yeah. now you know again with the current times and everything that's going on maybe there'll be a whole lot more of that maybe if we could get any kind of positive from the shape that the world is taking nowadays it's that we might be able to dive into those things that have always interested us but we never had the opportunity to do so and it's really nice to know that we've got a resource that we can turn to that's free that's absolutely free certainly you know yeah, um, you said it yeah i think it's just awesome Please excuse the brief interruption. I just want to take a quick minute and tell you about this podcast sponsor, Rosemary & Co. Brushes. Now, ever since I started using Rosemary & Co. Brushes for my commissioned work and for the work that you've seen me produce on YouTube, I've never looked back. They are simply the best quality brushes I've ever come across, and it's such a pleasure to be teamed up with them. Now, for a limited time, you can get your hands on the sets that we've put together. I've got a deluxe set, an introductory set, which is a little bit smaller. I've got the plain air set, the portrait set, and the landscape painting set, not to mention the signature Tish Dagger brush. Now, for a limited time, for the next couple of weeks, you can get yourself a really nice discount at the checkout when you grab any of these brushes by simply entering the promo code TISH30. That's all caps, no space, TISH30, T-I-S-C-H-30. And again, my promise to you is I'm only going to tell you about what I'm using in the studio for either my commissioned work or my YouTube videos. These are the best. They're what I use. Check them out. Go to rosemaryandco.com. Thank you so much to Rosemary & Co. for supporting this podcast. And thank you very much for checking it out. Let's jump right back into our conversation with Sam Lewis. Before we move too much further down, 
I, I love a good story, Sam. And uh, I, I want to hear, uh, I, I do want to talk about art schools and, and dive into that and hear about your experience with totally. those multiple art schools. Um, I, I, but I, first, I want to hear about your, your, a little bit more about your younger days. I know we're jumping all over mm -hmm. the place here. You did mention no something about you getting arrested. And I want to hear all yeah. about that story. What on earth were you doing, young man? Oh, uh, a whole lot of dumb things, but it, it really just, it's the most ironic story ever. And it, like looking back every year, it's just so funny. My independent study at boarding school was pretty much, I didn't do much writing. It was pretty much experiencing graffiti. I was doing graffiti. I was documenting it. I wrote like a paper or two, but it was pretty much how graffiti was an art form formed from a youth culture you know people in new york city and around the world it's like a youth-based culture that turned into an art movement and now you know there's um, graffiti artists who were doing illegal stuff who are in the biggest galleries making millions of dollars whatever so it was pretty much art graffiti is art um and so during that the spring break of my senior year which was you know close to the end of when i was graduating uh, my best friend his name is also sam lived in the town where the boarding school was. So he was a day student, actually. Um, there was only like 10% of the kids at the school was a day student. Everyone else boarded. Uh, and so for spring break, the first day I went to his house and I had all my spray paint from school. And, you know, we were just, it was just one of those, like not thinking about dumb decisions. The first day of spring break, go out that night and go around the small town in Massachusetts um, and just like spray paint a little, just the dumbest, ugliest, most unflattering things just because I guess we were bored having trying to have fun be stupid kids and we did it we did this one spot and then like drove maybe 10 minutes which happened to be another town tried spray painting this other spot someone saw my car parked it was just like the most obvious place so dumb it's just so cringy and dumb looking back at it and they called the cops the car cops parked in front of my car we were very hidden but you know they're in front of my car so I couldn't do anything my buddy ran away because I think he already was in some trouble. And so I pretty much just like mellowly walked. It was like, hey, like, this is my car, um, got arrested. And I was actually charged twice from the two different towns that I, I spray painted in that they found both of them. And so I got in a whole bunch of trouble. And it was terrible because it, it's such a small town in Massachusetts where my boarding school is located. So I was thinking the whole town was going to find out. My school was going to find out. I was going to get kicked out of my boarding school. I was going to get rejected from the college I had got in from that point, which I already did. So I thought all this stuff was going to happen. It was going to be terrible. Spring break happened. You know, I had to do all the court stuff, a bunch of community service, pay a lot of money, and went back and no one found out. Nothing happened. It was like it never happened, which is hilarious. And I finished my independent study on graffiti you know, with the few months I had left, but it's just like the most ironic story because if they had found out, like my advisor was, you know, pulled for me to get that independent study. Like I had to do all, all this stuff to get it. They were like, Oh, this is, you know, just like anyone. Oh, this kid's spray painting at school. He's doing graffiti. Like, what is this kid doing? And then to get arrested in the town while I had it all, it would have just been, you couldn't make it up. You know what I mean? But it, it worked out. So no one really found out, which is just pretty funny. So that's the story. Yeah. Excellent. You, you naughty, naughty boy. Wow. Yeah, no, but, but it was not listen, my if, hour. if they had, uh, 
if you'd spent a while on those those works of art, like if you'd taken a bit more time with them and they did find out, then I guess that would have been a heck of a PR campaign. Totally. They were so into the opposite of that, though. They were just like scribble, <laughs> dumb, the dumbest thing ever. But uh, I, I only wish that they were amazing artworks. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you've been doing... Um... Oh, okay, no, no, I, I won't ask that yet. I, I won't, we'll, we'll, we'll just... Again, we are jumping all over the place here, and I, yeah. I know that. But uh, you know, it's it's just such a, such a treat to get to talk to you. So um, it's, it's a real pleasure. I, I want to hear about your art school experience. Um, people, cool. no doubt, will will know about mine, um, and it's always it's always interesting to hear what other people went through. Um, I actually it, don't know your experience, and I'm sorry to push on you, but could you give me the elevator pitch? Like, where did uh, you study? <laughs> I, I don't know. I've listened to so all of your podcasts and all your videos, and I don't know why I don't know. Yeah, basically, uh, people have, have heard this, but um, uh, the, the short elevator pitch uh, basically is my... Um, I was in high school and I, I wanted to go to art school. I thought at the time that it would make me, uh, certainly it would turn me into an artist. My father did though, to his credit, warn me. He said, look, you're not going to art school to learn how to be an artist. You're going to expand your social horizons. Uh, but still hmm. in the back of my mind, um, it, despite you know the respect that I, that I had for my father, um, I, I, I thought that this was going to be something that would be an essential piece to my artistic journey and that I would learn some things, gain some secret knowledge, and then that would send me off. Um, I was I was really disappointed in my art school experience. Um, mm. There was no technique whatsoever. And of course, looking back now, I probably went to the wrong art school. Um, that maybe there is a time and a place for that sort of institution, but I found that there was very little teaching there in terms of technique, and it was more about mm -hmm. kind of opinions and schools of thought to do with the creation itself. Um, if you want to learn how to paint or draw, then perhaps a tertiary institution like that, like a university course, is not the way to go. What I would probably ha should have done, looking back at it now, is gone through some sort of traditional art school or an atelier um, or an academy mm -hmm. and, and learn through the academic process of, of right. you know, setting up uh, a still life and drawing a still life or a cast over and over and over. Fundamentals of drawing, fundamentals of painting, life drawing, figure drawing, painting, you know, and, and just throwing myself into technique with instructors mm -hmm. who were practicing artists, not just professors. Um, and, and so looking back now, I probably should have done that, but that was my art school experience. I'm I'm grateful for the experience, but um, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about myself, but I also learned that it was probably a mistake. Um, mm. uh, but but so you you then you, I mean with your experience, you've spread your art schooling out to what did you say three different institutions within a short period of time? Well, run, run me through no, that. Yeah, so yeah, I had a similar experience as you did, and I'll talk about it. But no, out of high school. I went to a normal liberal arts. So I actually went to Denver University in Colorado for one semester. This is going to be a crazy story, so prepare yourself. Denver University for one semester right out of high school. And then I left because it was super anticlimactic. I didn't know what I wanted. I was just in boarding school, which is like mini college. And then I go to the, basically the same thing. I was like, all right, I don't want to do this. I took a gap semester actually to... Southeast Asia, where I was pretty much going fully down like the um, Eastern philosophy route, Buddhism. I, I wasn't trying to be a Buddhist, but it was this amazing program 
where you travel through Thailand, Cambodia, Vietnam for a whole semester. And it was an unbelievable trip. I was super interested in all of it. And it was just like a, a year to, you know, just figure some cool stuff out. And I was very into it. And actually, after that, I was so into all of that stuff, Eastern philosophy, Buddhism, that I applied to this university in Boulder, Colorado, which was like the only legitimate um, university that like is, has Buddhism. It's called Naropa. It's actually pretty much in the armpit of the big state school, CU Boulder, where all my buddies went to as well. So I was living with my buddies um, and going to this really contemplative education school um, where you do yoga and mindfulness training. You also take writing classes and it's a legit university you can graduate from, but it's very it's the most out there kind of one like that in Boulder. Um, and I did that for a year and it was a very dualistic, weird lifestyle. I was with my friends at the biggest party school in the, like the country, living in a house with them and then going to this school. And it was just very bizarre doing a lot of skiing. Um, and so that wasn't really sustainable. So that was after that year, I moved back home to Connecticut where I'm from. And I worked at a restaurant for a year and a half. And during that time is when I built the studio with my friend. Um, and after a year and a half there, I was really into art and I was like, all right, you know what I need to do, Andrew, I need to go to art school now. And so I applied to like pretty much, there's a bunch of art schools around where I am. I'm in new England, um, in the United States, but I applied to Parsons in New York city, which is a very renowned de design school. I don't even want to call it an art school. And I, I did get in, which was crazy. I was extremely amped. And all I wanted to do was paint. I wanted to learn to paint. I wanted to become an artist. I wanted to become a studio artist. You know, I knew that. That's something that I was excited and it's rare that kids know at my age. I knew I wanted it. I wanted to be a studio artist and I wanted to learn to paint. And I got there first semester, didn't paint at all. It was all like what you said, it was conception, theory. I had to do the first year program. Uh, even though I was already 21, 22 at the time, I like restarted as a freshman and it was the opposite of what I expected. And um, and that's just for me, for my experience, because I knew what I wanted. And if you graduate from that school, you'll get an amazing degree and you'll, you could get a great job in the business side of the art world. But I wanted to use a pencil and paintbrush and that's what I wanted. So um, I, I left that after the first semester and then I had the summer again to be in my studio and I applied to an atelier. I actually didn't apply. There's an atelier in New York City called the Artist Students League. There's several in New York City. This is a very laxed one actually where it's not a rigor, rigorous curriculum. It's just month to month classes. There's a bunch of studio space. There's a master teacher in each class um, that gives you little critiques, but it's basically on your own. You set up, model comes in, one week poses. So I did that for about eight months and just rocket shipped my technique and understanding and just really fell in love with oil painting and naturalistic painting. And so this is all very recently because that was last year. And then over the summer, so I was doing YouTube this whole time um, after I got back from Southeast Asia pretty much three years ago. So I was doing YouTube this past summer. I had the opportunity to go to another atelier, a really rigorous one. Because after my eight months at this more laxed one, I was like, all right, I'm ready. I'm ready to take the next step. I want to dive deep. Like I'm ready to invest two, three years to do a super intense, I call it like a D1 athletes training for drawing and painting. Like I, that's really what I wanted to do because YouTube wasn't really working out. I had to like find, you know, new options. 
And I met with this, the, the owner of the school, actually a really successful painter, Jacob Collins, if you're familiar with him. He started a bunch of ateliers, the uh, Water Street and Grand Central Atelier, which I was applying to. And I was super late applying for the fall term. And I met with him. He invited me to his studio in New York, the most amazing studio I've ever seen. And we had an epic conversation for an hour. And I'll never forget, he opened it. He was like, if you want to come to this school, you want to like, you want to have to have the, like, you want to be able to paint like the masters. You want to have the masters at your fingertips. And I was like, oh man, like, that's what I want. That's what I want. But contrary to what that I just said, throughout the conversation, it was like this, it was like one of those movies. I had this like eureka moment. I was like, I love making videos. I love YouTube. Like I have this studio. I'm, I'm living my dream right now. This school can wait. So pretty much after me begging to meet with him to get into his school and he pretty much said, yeah, we have space for you if you want. At the end, I was like, hey, man, I'm actually not going to do this. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go back to my studio and do this thing I've been working on for the past two, three years. I've gotten a little momentum like this is what I want to do. That was in June. And then August, my channel kind of, you know, really did really well. So it was crazy timing. It was crazy affirmation. And I actually, I look back all the time. It's like one of those insane stories and that's all true, but I still think I would love to go to that school. I mean, I have the itch for it all the time. Um, and the great thing about it is schools and institutions like that will always be there. Um, and they're kind of always going to be there. So that was like my decision-making. That was a crazy rant, but, um, but so yeah, I, my opinion though is exactly what you said. Um, you have to really understand what art schools are and what um, training, you know, what you what you want to do as as a craftsman, right? As a technician of painter. And the atelier that I went to, even for eight months, like it was only drawing, only painting. You know what I mean? So there's a huge difference. And maybe, you know, people don't know, but people ask me all the time um, my experience, and that's kind of the story, <laughs> the long story. <laughs> No, it's great. No, as I said before, I mean, we, we, we love the long stories here. Uh, that's, okay, that's what okay, it's all yeah. about. I mean, Please it's, cut me off. No, it's, it's about hearing, it hearing exactly what you went through. And that, how extraordinary. You know, it's interesting. I, I find that those moments as well, like, and, I, and I've had a few over my career, those, those eureka moments where you're sitting there, you, you, something arrives, you think you want it. And then when it finally mm -hmm. gets there, it's like, huh. It it, yeah. it it doesn't really line up with the way I thought that this would go, um, and and yeah, I I think that's extraordinary because I think yeah, in that moment you would have realized that you had what you've you were really searching for all this time, and and again totally. the the medium that is at our fingertips and and what we have available to us these days is is extraordinary. So why not why not use those opportunities? Um, yeah. Wow, man. Wow. So, so yeah. you, do you think, do you think you will, um, you know, d despite how YouTube's working out, despite how, mm -hmm. how well it's going for you at the moment, do you think that one day an art school would be uh, something that you would, you'd be into? It's a good question. Like I said, I think about it all the time and it's, I think it would be something that I would really, um, be into because, what I don't lack as an artist is the the hunger to learn and the passion. Yeah. I mean, not to I'm not tooting my own horn, but like I I can't get enough. I li really can't That's get awesome. enough. So to be at a full time 
place with unbelievable, like this is the school I was going to go to is an unbelievable school. Like the people there are just out of this world. So, um, I want to be able to do that and I'll do whatever it takes. And I, I like, like I said, I'm just so into it. So I would, I don't think I will. Um, I mean, if my YouTube dies somehow tomorrow, yeah, maybe, but for the foreseeable future, I can't see myself because it really is just a huge chunk of time to dedicate. Um, it's also, I would have to move to New York city, which I couldn't pay for, um, cause I live at home with my mom now, but think about it all the time. I try to keep my practice current, not nearly as much as I would as an atelier, but like a video I actually just uploaded this past Saturday is me just drawing, you know, pretty academic study drawing. And I try to do that as much as I can when I don't have other work just to keep the, uh, you know, keep the grease off the muscles, um, or whatever that saying is. So, uh, yeah, it's extremely enticing and I follow a bunch of academic painters and I follow all the schools and I, I try to take demos when I can. That's like the that's like the supplement, you know, you can do like weekly demos or I went to a, or a, a, a pro I did a demo with, um, what's her name? Jennifer Gennari. She's an animal painter. Amazing. And I, I was just, you know, you just sit there for four hours, watch her paint. She talks. And just even that just gives you, you know, the fire in your heart from, uh, just, you know, academic painting and so I think that's what I'll probably do. And I mean, there's other little groups you can join around where I am and, Hopefully one day I can have enough people where I can maybe or enough money where I can hire my own models and I could do my own open drawing sessions with buddies and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. But art school, maybe not for the foreseeable future. I got my good taste. You, know what I mean? <laughs> you certainly did. You certainly did. Look, let's let's get into uh, a couple of things to do with the business side here. Um, uh, you you released a video uh well, I'm not sure how recent it is, so forgive me, but I, I, I caught something recently on your channel um, where you had this little business concept uh, and you were painting, uh, put a shout out to your Instagram followers and then painting commissions. I'll let you, mm. you, you talk about that. But the, the reason I wanted to ask you is, you know, the sheer volume of, of emails and messages I get from people asking how to make it as an artist and, and the total you know, lack that I have to be able to provide people with a real, you know, tangible answer to, to mm -hmm. selling work online. You took it and encapsulated it in such a beautiful way and then put it out there to the world. And I'm watching this video and I'm going, Sam, that is genius. That is absolutely genius. A lot of work I understand now, but, mm -hmm. uh, but could you tell us that story about the, the video that I'm talking about? Sure. So, um, I did, a, I did, I think it's eight oil paintings or how I make money as artists. That's the title, but pretty much, yeah, I, I blasted something on Instagram saying I'm doing, um, I'm taking commissions, a 10 by 10 panel. I'm only going to pick six to eight people and I DM me if you're interested. And then when, if, when people DM me, I gave them the price. The price was $200, um, for those paintings. And so but my, my, you know, the, the inception was to make a video about it. And so it wasn't just money. It, it was to make a video about it. It was going to be, you know, every time I do painting, whether it's commission or making money, it's, it's an opportunity for me to practice. So I really did think it was like we were just talking about keeping, you know, the muscles taut, um, so to speak. I want to do a lot of practice. I want to take on a large, you know, painting project. And I thought, how can I make money? How can I have social engagement? How can I you know, make a cool video. So 
I came up with that idea and I knew I was going to get a lot of um, inquiries just because my following was a little bigger then. And also I'm in the United States. People would DM me, you know, I get a bunch of DMs a week. Can I buy prints and blah, blah, blah. So I wasn't nervous necessarily about selling. It was more about um, executing the paintings and what people wanted me to do. And it was also a tremendous lesson uh, on dealing with clients in that relationship and, you know, talking about money, when you're going to send the money, all these like kind of nuances that there is and when, when dealing with painting commissions, which I'm a huge beginner at, you know, I really, I've sold, you know, maybe a couple dozen paintings, but only in the last six months, you know, before that it was, it was nothing. I wasn't making money like that at all. So I'm still a beginner and the, you know, the bedside manner of talking to clients and people, it was a huge experience in that. Um, but what we were talking about before is it was a lot of work. It was actually really stressful because I gave the people, I think two, two weeks, two, two, three weeks as a deadline. They were all in the United States. Um, but I, I, I mean, this is for most artists, but I can't give something to someone regardless of the amount of money, unless like I give it my all, you know, whether that's going to be super successful or not. Like I have to, you know, I'll just feel guilty. So I, I put in a lot of time to those paintings that, um, you know, which I don't think was worth, you know, if I were to, you know, calculate it all up, it would be more than $200, I'd say, of, of time per um, painting. But um, overall, it was a tremendous experience for me, only beneficial. I mean, it's just my own fault for working harder and being a perfectionist and not being, you know, super confident, I guess you can say about the work, but uh, I was super happy with all the end products. I think there was only two portraits and there was six, six dogs. Um, so yeah, it was a, it was an awesome, it was an awesome video. The video did successful. I think the people liked the paintings. I certainly got a bunch of practice and overall it was a good, good idea. I think so. Yeah. So thanks for shouting that out, but, uh, that's the rundown. Well, uh, the reason I loved it though, I mean, <laughs> Again, you're you're very modest. I and I, I appreciate it, but but I I think the thing that was brilliant about it is that you you hear in this day and age of so many people um, kind of expecting the success or waiting for it to come to them, and here mm. it was like, no, I've got this little idea. I'm going to put it out there to the world. I'm going to throw it out there. See who's interested. Who 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 wants you know a piece of this, and. The, that you were using the networks and the resources that you had kind of gathered, of course, you know, using social media as well. But it it, it seemed like that, yeah, okay, successful experiment, successful mm. thing. And then it's a question of how many of those experiments, you know, could you run where now it's a viable business? What's stopping you doing it again and again and again? And I looked at it, you know, okay, I've been a professional artist now for 16 years and, and I've, I've, you know, been successful. I've had, you know, doing big commissions for clients around the world and have had sellout exhibitions and things. But I, I'm looking at this little video thinking mm -hmm. there's some elegance in its simplicity. It is a beautiful idea. And it was just for me touching back on the basics going, how come I've forgotten about this? So I tell you what it did for me in a very real way. It made me want to immediately reach out and re-engage with my client base. Mm. And it made me want to go, okay, who's out there that has got need of a painting? And then it made me want to just kind of re-engage that, that base, put the feelers out there, and then just start working and create things mm. that were smaller, affordable, and because my natural inclination, I feel this gravity 
maybe that's because they're so massive, but th this gravity toward and being pulled towards big projects. Um, and not everybody has got the wall space. Um, you know, fortunately, some people do and, and they order paintings, but, but for the most part, people just want something small. And so here mm. you, you've got like a, a 30 centimeter square by the looks of things in the video, like a foot square. And, and I was looking at that going, man, he could, he could feasibly knock these out. You know, you, you get this up and running and cranking. I, I appreciate that you wanted to be a perfectionist, spend the time on it, but you could mm. get these out a week. And then suddenly now you're getting your YouTube income, you're, you're, you're engaging with your base, and now you've got a, a really decent weekly income off the, off the commission as well. I, I just totally. looked at it, I was like, man, that is beautiful. That's using everything that's at your fingertips right now. And, and I just wanted to, to say just how much I appreciated it. Because, yeah, again, it reminded me, Andrew, check back in with the basics. Right. You know? Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. And it, it was great. Um, but like I said, like it was it was just a terrific experience because I don't have a clientele list. And what I was just thinking, actually, while you were saying that, which is interesting, is I think obviously people would want your paintings, the epic scale, the, you know, just the masterful technique and how they look. But I think also people just want something by Andrew Tischler, you know, people just want something by slew. So hmm. I, I think these people could have gotten, you know, a dog painting anywhere or ordered something online where you digitize a photo, but they wanted, you know, me to do it or, you know, like for someone like you and if the price was right. So that's something that, um, also inspired me and I'm working on making more stuff like that, not individual paintings because I can't really allot any like that much time weekly. I could do it maybe once a month or every other month, but, um, you know, like making prints, um, is something I'm working on and, and other, you know, custom sure. high quality merchandise that, you know, brings the price way down, but people can still, you know, get something from, me and you know so many artists do that i just i i have never before so that's it's awesome i mean but, but there's so many different ways that you could monetize yeah. this right totally yeah yeah but no the thing is like now actually it's really funny um if you want me to take you through my how i make money and people please all the time so it, i think people love context and i'm happy to share but you know the YouTube revenue, like you know, is very fickle. If you, a lot of views, you get more money. And so some months I've been really low. A couple months have been really high. So that's not really, that's I think one third. It's not, it's sometimes the most, sometimes the least. But I actually am also like a pretty much like a freelance videographer. I do a whole bunch of video work and people, even my family, it's funny, like my family and friends think I'm like just the graffiti artist kid. But, uh, I actually spend equal, if not more time, you know, behind a computer editing. Um, I have an endless amount of editing to do every day, every week. Um, and so that that's another way I, I make a lot of my money is doing freelance videoing a lot for my buddies, which is great because I can support my friends and they pay me. But it's a bunch of creative work doing Instagram videos for brands or, um, you know, Kickstarter videos. Just, you know, the world is digital content now and people need um, the content being made. So that's a, another huge part of how I make money. Actually, I was in Peru in January filming a short documentary for my buddy who's producing and manufacturing clothes out there. So, and that was a huge deal that took like, you know, a month to edit. Um, 
And so that's kind of all the behind the scenes stuff I don't really share on YouTube, but, um, and then I also make, you know, then I also have commissions, but the commissions for paintings is also extremely fickle inconsistent because I don't have a crazy client base. And, you know, when I'm not editing videos for other people and making money, I want to be making paintings for myself and making paintings for myself, like the big stencil projects I do or fantastic characters. Like if my videos do well, I can make money doing that. And so I do take oil commission, oil painting commissions um, when I can, if the if the price is right, if the time is right, if if it's a cool project I'm interested. In. But um, surprisingly, and it's such an uh, I'm grateful to say that I've actually been able to say no a lot recently, which is something I've never thought I've would be in the position to because it's just time, you know. Um, I, I'm not. I don't have any student debt. I'm so fortunate. I have student debt. I have enough money to pay for my studio rent uh, monthly, which is pretty much my only expenses. I mean, obviously there's other little expenses, but I live at home, so I don't have many huge ones. So pretty much my time is what is where my worth is right now. And I want to be making, like you said, massive paintings, massive stencil projects, crazy things I dream about as well as make money. So it's just that balance. But um, I pretty much also moving forward are, are going to stop doing the video work for other people because as much as I love it and it's very consistent um, money, it's, I could, again, I could be spending as much time on the computer as I am for these other people and be making money, but also be doing my thing. So um, this is all extremely in the past, like three months that this all is happening and transitioning. So maybe I'm just venting it out a little, but that's kind of where I am. Um, you know, I was like, you know, this videographer and artist, it's just something that, you know, I mean, you know how long videos take and the, 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 the things, and I try to make my videos like super epic. So it, it just takes so much time and I can't be doing a lot of stuff all at once. Oh, dude, a hundred percent videos take so long. They, they yeah. really take so long. Now I, I'm very fortunate and, and hopefully it, it will continue to last. But, um, this year I, I've hired a video videographer, editor, um, and so she works cool. with me on a full-time basis, which has allowed me to get Whoa. more content out, which has allowed me to That's focus awesome. on my, my work. Uh, because at the end of the day, what, what I found is I was spending more time online with the videos, which is fine, but I was spending mm -hmm. more time doing actual production stuff uh, than painting and drawing. And then just trying to juggle both of those, which are really yeah. both full-time jobs. I, I mean, I, I used to work, you know, 60 to 80 hours a week just at the easel alone. Wow. And then I found I cut that right back to just fit in the YouTube stuff. Yeah. But one of the things, again, you know, that I hear from, from your story, um, and, and it's so important today. And I think, again, in this day and age, the current time that we're in, and, and again, notwithstanding the, the, the current crisis that the world's in, diversification is key and I still I don't think it's too late to diversify so if people out there hearing this are going ah you know I should have could have would I could have done that I, mm -hmm. I don't think there's really any any barrier to entry here for anybody wanting to you know beef up their social media focus more on their creativity share that with more people learn some strategies by watching people like you um, you know, and, and, and try and develop all of these skills and spread out a little bit. I've talked to so many people, uh, a, a couple of friends, uh, who were artists that put all their eggs in one basket and now they're asking for advice on what to do 
and 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 yeah. I, I I hope I have good enough answers for them. But I, I think the answer really for us all, um, if I may be so bold, is to diversify, to get totally. as many different irons in the fire as possible. Now, if you have a, a skill for videography, which clearly you do, your videos are beautiful. They're beautiful. Thanks, like man. you're just like the quality of the editing, the framing of, of each shot. I'm appreciating camera movement, the, the music, the sound, the lighting, all the little bits that most people don't think. I, I think when you're doing it right, most people don't notice those things. They mm -hmm. only notice mm -hmm. when it's bad. But as, as a bit of a videographer myself, uh, again, not, not at your level of quality, because I, I just, I've stumbled across a, a few things. Um, but I, I'm looking at those videos going, damn, Sam, they're slick, dude. Like there's one shot where you're, when you're revealing that really cool video you did of your self-portrait, the multiple portraits in one painting, and you're mm. zooming in on that final yeah. piece. And I'm like, oh, the movement is so nice. He must be, he, he's on, he's on a gimbal. No, he's on a sled. No, what's he, what's, <laughs> he must have a Ronin. What's, what's he got? You know, yeah. really That's good. Handheld, baby. Handheld. Well, it's like there's a warp stabilizer on on the editing so that's that covers most of my shakiness dude your yeah. your your walk as you're holding the camera you must be like walking like a cat just like oh i mean if there's a gopro also in the corner and that you showed it to some psychologist they would probably think i'm a psychopath how many how many times i frame up i move the light an inch you know so this is another thing that we it kind of goes back to the yeah. taking away from the art like so it's hard to explain, but like I take the video as much as a piece of work as the painting. And it's all this cycle. I'm painting, I'm videoing myself in my painting. I'm making a piece of work about what I'm doing in the video. So it's this circle of, of life kind of thing. But I really do try to make with the videos like a music video for art. And I try to make each video timeless. I know that sounds dramatic, but I'm going to try to make the best video ever of this painting project and it's going to be on the internet and it will be there forever. So, you know, I'm going to try to put the best quality, obviously just like kind of anything you want to do, hold yourself to a high standard, but, um, it takes so much time and, and it, it, it takes away like, you know, even d doing the little intros, I'll redo it 25 times. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, but it's like, it gets obsessive and I, I love it. And it's like that directorial sense I was talking about, like, you know, thinking of the video in your mind, the different cuts you're going to do, the frames, all the B-roll. Um, thank God I love it because the amount of work is just ridiculous. And the amount of hours I spend behind a computer per week is almost disgusting, but it's, it's because I love it. And because I want to make, you know, a super epic video every time, because it's, it's documenting, it's documenting my work, but documenting in, in a way that is um, super fun and, and, I think entertaining, you know, um, I think it's just entertaining. I'm not trying to be a teacher. I always say that in my videos, you know, I'm trying to share my experience just like you are, but you're, you know, you're obviously a, a teacher, a masterful teacher, but I think, you know, inspiring also people just through the, the excitement and me getting amped, um, is what I try to, you know, convey. It certainly comes across. It, it absolutely comes across. I mean, again, I, when I watch your videos, I'm just, I'm having such a good time. It's just so cool. Uh, you know, and even though our, our styles are so different, I just, I, I, I really appreciate what you're putting into them. And, and mm -hmm. I appreciate the end product, you know, it's slick work. 
um, personally, I mean, I, whilst I don't do, uh, you know, the graffiti style, I mean, you've got this mo these motifs that seem to come up again and again and again in, in your work, like the Cyclops and, and the thing mm. that you use for your logo. Um, right. Man, it's it's really cool stuff, dude. Like really cool nice. stuff. Um, before we close up, uh, tell me tell me about this studio because you've I love studio spaces. I'm pretty proud of my studio space, but you, oh, your you've... studio looks so epic. <laughs> also, by the way, your recent video, um, what was it, where you do the um, the embellishing on the frame, the framing video? Yeah, that was I think you showed a shot of your studio that I don't think I've ever seen. I've seen like every single one of your videos, and I was like, whoa, you know, with those huge tables, and you're framing up. So yeah. Me too. I love, I mean, who doesn't? And have you done a, sorry, this is so off topic, but no, have you please. done a studio tour video? It's coming out this week. So by the time okay. this podcast oh, goes live, way. by the time this, this oh, podcast God. goes live, uh, the people would have seen it. Um, so, okay, wow. so yeah, if, if you're, <laughs> if, if you're subscribed through my website, uh, andrewtitchler.com slash subscribe, a uh, little plug there, uh, then you'll get the videos that I put out on YouTube 24 hours ahead of time. And people are going to find oh, cool. out tonight exactly what this studio space looks like. So uh, that's next. Right um, but I don't yeah. know if you could see over my shoulder, what I've actually done is I built brand new camera rigs, homemade camera rigs. So uh, that's I think I saw palette. that in one of the videos, yeah. That, that my palette table's there, but over the back of it, which you probably can't see, it's out of view, is an articulated arm that I built uh, wow. to hold the camera Smart. to get the tripods out of here. But, um, oh man, it's diversification, it's... my man. There you go. <laughs> you're, yeah, setting, yeah, yeah. you're setting the example. No, but I, I think I think the trick is is well, I do a lot of different things, uh, but I, I do far more things very poorly. So <laughs> maybe mm. I've diversified too much. But um, yeah. look, man, I, it's it's the key. I I, I love it, and, and the thing I love about being online as well is just that aspect of sharing it with people. I think, and I, I think you're a lot like this too, is, is sharing that process with people, letting people have an insight into into you and what you do and what makes you tick. I, I think. Um, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk um, was saying something. And I, I think this is both a good thing and a bad thing. But as artists, we could use this to our advantage, uh, is that as personalities, as people, as individuals, we're becoming the commodity. We're becoming the brand. Um, totally. And it's, it's learning how to do this as an artist and putting yourself out there. The, the days of hiding behind your work, I think, are over. Stepping out in front of it and say, hey, my name's Sam. This is what I got. You know, I think right, and that, asking that, permission to do that. You know, yeah, that you, there's no need. Anymore. No, there's no one stopping you from doing that. Absolutely right, man. Absolutely right. My uh, it's funny. My sister, my older sister actually works at Gary's company and has been working for him for three years, as well as my other best friend. They work at VaynerMedia. So I'm fully team Gary. I, I love him as well. You so you've got you're 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 that close to being on the inside. Well, my sister, she, she's on the advertise. She works for the advertising side of Vayner Media, and then actually one of my best friends, who is a videographer, who helps me. He's on Gary's creative team, which is totally. I mean, he's like my inside man. He's like just the zeitgeist of social media. Like, go to him for every every need ever. But yeah, dude, but, uh, that is I totally awesome. a lot. Of, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm lucky. He's he's my homie. He actually helped me film uh, the short documentary I did of one of my biggest projects, but. I love Gary. A lot of the, I think a lot of things he says isn't, you know, contextual to a lot of people, but 
if you are that type of person, it's like exactly what you need to hear. It's kind of just Absolutely. like cuts through the bullshit. And, uh, yeah. Absolutely, man. Cuts right to the truth of it. And, and sometimes it's a bit of a yep. rude awakening. I, I personally, I, I, I don't like that kind of language that he uses. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I, I say that. I, I swear way too much myself. Uh, I try to clean it up for the videos and the podcast. But um, he does have a way of, of, of cutting right to the point and waking you up and going, oh, oh my goodness, okay, I've got to pay attention to that. Yeah. Well, Sam, this has been an absolute treat, a real pleasure having a chance to meet you and have a chance to talk to you and hear a bit more about your artistic journey. Thank you so much for being on The Creative Endeavor. You bet, man. It was honestly a huge pleasure. Um, I'm such a fan. So this was, you know, quite the conversation. I appreciate it. I really hope that you've enjoyed this episode of the Creative Endeavor podcast. And a huge thank you to Sam Lewis, SLU, for joining me. Now, if you want to find out more about Sam's work, then you can find him on Instagram and his website. So on Instagram, simply type in at SLU P, spelt S-L-E-W-P. And on his website, slewtheworld.com. And also on YouTube, simply type in slew and you'll find Sam Lewis's work and some of his incredible videos. And I know you're going to love him just as much as I do. This kid is one to watch. Now, if you enjoyed this episode of the Creative Endeavor podcast, then take a minute and let me know by leaving me a five-star rating and a review on whatever audio platform you're listening on. It makes a huge difference to the show in terms of how discoverable it is. I really appreciate the extra effort. This show is climbing in those charts. More and more people are finding out about it, and I could not do it without you. Thank you so much. Now, of course, if you want to find out more about me, then you can find me on my website at andrewtischler.com. That last name is spelt T-I-S-C-H-L-E-R. Thank you so much for stopping by. It's been a pleasure to have your company here once again, and I look forward to seeing you again in another episode of The Creative Endeavor.